Tonight is hard. Tonight is uh, it's uncomfortable. We are a part of a culture that does not know how to face death. We avoid grief. And when people around us are grieving, when they're facing the reality of death, we do our best to create all the distance we can. If we don't do that, we say really silly things that we regret later. And today is a day that we tend to skip over. We love the day that's coming. We don't like this. And we really even don't like Saturday even more. I don't know a church that has a service on Saturday that's an evangelical church because it'd be the most awkward service of the year. So our intent tonight has been to help you to lean into and to experience the grief and the pain and the reality of Christ's death. In Mark 15, the writer writes, and when the sixth hour had come, there was a darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders heard it, and they said, behold, he's calling on Elijah. And so someone ran and filled the sponge with sour wine. They put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And with that, Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in his way, he breathed his last. He said, truly, this was the Son of God. You know, before it was Good Friday, it was Dark Friday. Or Bad Friday. Or the worst Friday ever. Because for the disciples, their teacher, their master, their rabbi, their friend... The source of all their hope was dead. And unlike us who have the rest of the story in the Bible, they were literally living every single word as it happened. And so they were hopeless. They had no way to imagine what the future would look like without Jesus. For Mary, she watched her son be brutally and unjustly murdered. If you're a parent, imagine that. Completely powerless to stop it. And when the soldiers stuck a spear in his side, they confirmed the death of Jesus. When they pulled him down, he wasn't just passed out or temporarily unconscious or in a coma. He was dead. And not mostly dead, as the famous movie once said. He was fully dead. And they didn't understand what Jesus had done. They didn't know what the next few days hold. None of us know what's going to happen on Tuesday or Friday next week. So they had no idea that Sunday was significant. All they knew was Friday. And it was dark. And it was hopeless. I want to go back to the last few moments in Christ's life and talk about the cross. You see, before Christ, the cross was the most powerful reminder the most powerful empire in the world had to show everyone just how little power they had. The cross was not a precious jewelry item. It wasn't a beautiful thing. It was a sign that the Romans used that said, you have no power. 
You should be afraid. And so whenever there was a rebellion outside of a city, they would line up the most famous people. They would crucify them all. And for days, they would hang there as a sign to say, don't mess with us. We're powerful. You're not. You should be afraid. And so by that Friday afternoon, Jesus is hanging on one of those crosses. Hours before, a cat of nine tails had torn his back to shreds. It was a whip with pieces of bone attached. For hours, he'd been wearing a crown of thorns, and you think you have a headache. The thorns dug into his temple and sweat mixed with blood. He was dehydrated. His body was probably moving into shock. He'd been forced to carry a 100 to 130 pound beam on his broken shoulders up a long road and hill, falling time and time again. And either the soldiers got impatient or a little bit merciful. And they dragged a man named Simon, who was just a tourist from out of town. And he carried the cross the rest of the way. Christ was publicly shamed. He was either crucified naked or with very little clothing. He was mocked, spit upon, he was thirsty, he was sweaty, he was spent. Nails pierced his wrists and his feet, and not little nails, giant ones. And I won't even describe to you what happened as he began to suffocate and die. Some of you walked through the Holy Week experience this week over at the Roster campus. How many of you made it over there? Just raise your hand. Yeah, it was really exciting to see how many of you came out and And that experience really helps you to to deepen your appreciation for what Jesus did on your behalf, to touch a crown of thorns, to hold a beam, to touch some nails. And yet on that cross, something happens. It was a phrase that was in that video. Jesus looks down at those people and he says these words. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. It's a remarkable phrase that while he is suffering at the worst that humanity can cause someone to suffer, that he would choose to forgive. You know, over the last six weeks, we've been in a series called Freedom, Breaking Free from Our Idols, and we've been examining ourselves and looking for places where we've looked to things other than God, for what only God can give. We've looked to say, have I taken a gift from God and made that gift an idol? Have I looked to it instead of the one who gave it to me? We've looked at things like money, love, sex, power, control, approval, success, and health. The things that become our gods. I was thinking about this day last year. I stood on a a stage like this and I gave a Good Friday sermon And I went back and read through it this week. And last year, what I said was this year on Good Friday, I want to leave behind performing. See, the hard part of standing on a platform or a stage like this is that it makes me bigger than I actually am. And the temptation can be that I can perform for you as opposed to honoring God. I can depend on my gifts and my talents as opposed to depending on him. I can look for your approval rather than looking for his. And so last year on Good Friday, I said, I'm I'm done with performing. And then this year happened, events that I couldn't predict and didn't plan. 
leaving behind a place of comfort and safety and familiarity, moving somewhere new, starting over. And this year has been a call to depend on God like never before. Whether it was a battle with anxiety that kept me up all night for days last fall, whether it was a reminder on a daily basis of my imperfections as a leader, whether it was the stretching of going somewhere new and leaving behind what I've known, whether it was the need to forgive and be healed from the bitterness that had taken root in my heart, this year has led me to a place where my confidence and dependence could no longer be on my giftedness. I stood on a stage like this last year and said I was done with performing and done with depending on my gifts, and God said, okay, let me give you a chance to live that out. I could no longer look to my abilities for what only God could give because those abilities and gifts couldn't give me what I needed. And I discovered how empty they were as God's. Many of you have recognized over these last six weeks the places in your life where you've looked to things that are ultimately empty, that can't deliver on their promises. You've been convicted and humbled by your need for even more grace. And over the last six weeks, you've done business with God and sought his forgiveness. If you came to the Holy Week experience over at our roster campus, you saw this art display back here. These six paintings, uh, beautifully done by Kelly Stoddard, were up on a wall. And those of you who came were challenged and prompted to reflect on where in your life have you become chained? Where in your life are you struggling with bondage? And, and those of you who were there were honest. You wrote things like insecurity and greed, self-control and approval, busyness, selfishness, work, family, honey. I'm assuming that that's a person, not the thing you put in your tea. Um, fear of your future, acceptance, gluttony, trust, healing places that aren't bad things to long for, but that can't give you what only God can give. And if you came to the Holy Week experience, when you left, you got a chain link as a reminder of that place of bondage. When you walked in tonight, all of you should have been given a chain link. If you got that, if you would take it out. If you don't have one, if you could raise your hand, one of our ushers will bring one to you. So everybody is going to need a chain. If you don't have one, raise your hand, raise it high until we can get some to you. We've got ushers on either side that have some. Until you get it, just keep your hands up. That way we can make our way to you. Tonight I want to challenge you to reflect on what 
Jesus has been doing in your heart for these weeks as we've journeyed toward Easter. And I want that chain link that you're holding in your hand to be a reminder for you of these same kinds of things that people have written on these boards. And as you look at that chain link, I want you to think about these questions. What have you discovered is an area of sin or idolatry in your life? What struggle have you been unable to overcome? What sin have you been unable to abandon? Where do you need the freedom that only Christ can bring? I want you to allow that chain link that's in your hand now to represent the bondage and enslavement that comes from that place of struggle. Tonight, we want to give you an opportunity to take a very powerful action. In a few moments, we're going to invite you to surrender that place to Jesus. To put your faith in his death that we've been singing about tonight as the source of your deliverance from that place of bondage. Now, I can't promise you that the road ahead is going to be easy. When you decide that you're ready to find freedom, this isn't a yellow brick road that you skip along like the Wizard of Oz. Sometimes the pain gets more intense than the bondage because you're finally facing reality. But what we know and celebrate tonight is that Jesus came and died on the cross for our freedom. He didn't come for something intellectual. He came that we might be powerfully delivered from the power of sin and death. And while you all look very put together tonight, you look really good from the stage. If we sat down over coffee and we're really honest, the inside of you may not be as put together as the outside of you. So in a moment, when I'm done, I'm going to invite you to come forward and place your chain link in one of these four baskets in the front. You're not putting it in there and saying, hey, I'm free, I'm done, I'm never going to struggle with this again. Because I took an act like this last Good Friday, and then on Wednesday I went to the board and I wrote Confidence that I still want to experience the freedom that Christ brings so that I'm not confident in the skills that he gave me. I'm confident in the one who gave me the skills. And that may seem like a very little minuscule thing, but the difference is enormous. So if you want to give up what's been dominating you and you want the freedom that Christ paid on your behalf, then you can experience that tonight and the expression of that desire would be bringing that chain forward. The kind of freedom that we need is only found in Jesus and it's because of what he did in dying on the cross that we don't call this day Dark Friday. We call it Good Friday. And the beautiful news is that before Christ, this cross was a sign that there was an empire and an evil that was more powerful than human life. But the good news is that after Christ, the cross is the most recognized sign of God's power in the world. And whatever your chain represents, 
the cross is an announcement that Jesus is even more powerful than that. If you will invite him in, and if you will believe. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus, not out of obligation, not out of a requirement, but out of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so tonight, as we hold these chains in our hands, Father, we know that these can be places of shame. These can be places that we hide from other people and from you. But Father, we know that we are only as sick as our secrets. And that you desire us to bring that truth into the light that you might heal and transform it. We thank you that you came to the cross not when we were good, but because we were dead in our sins. And you made it possible for us to be alive and free. And so tonight, I pray that you would give courage and boldness to us in this place. I pray that you would give faith where we're struggling to believe that it's possible that our future could be different than our past. I pray that tonight would be the beginning of an experience of freedom in this place. That we would surrender the things that have held us back and exchange them for the freedom that you paid for on that cross. And I pray that you might break the chains that hold us in sin and bondage and that you with your grace would lead us into the freedom that we so desperately long for. Tonight we pray that we would experience the reality of the cross and that we could for ourselves call this Good Friday because we have tasted and seen of your goodness and your love. In your name we pray. Amen. When you're ready, you can come forward and place your chain in one of these buckets. Well, that's our our prayer and confession tonight, that it's by his power that our chains are broken. It's not our self-will, it's not our effort, it's not our our discipline, it's not our goodness, it's not our focus, it's his power that breaks those chains. And so tonight, um, as those chains were falling, my prayer is that change was happening in your heart because of your belief and trust in what Jesus has done on your behalf. I'd like to speak a blessing over you before you leave tonight, so if you would, would you stand? going to continue playing and keep the light dark in here if you want to just hang out for a little bit. After I speak this blessing, we just encourage you to leave in a a spirit that reflects tonight, maybe silence. Take with you the experience you've had here. When when we receive the blessings that come from God, we receive them with a a posture of humility, knowing that, that we can't produce the 
things that we need. They only come from Christ. So if you would put your hands together in a a posture of receiving and I want to speak this blessing over you. May you realize the weight of the cross that Jesus endured for you. May you realize that it was his love that sent him there. May you understand how great and deep and wide and far that love is that he has for you. May you not only surrender your lives this day, but day by day to the one who's given everything for you. May you leave behind the idols and sins and brokenness that are represented by these chains. May you give thanks for what Jesus did for you when you weren't even aware of him. May you enter into the freedom that is possible because of this Good Friday. And may you leave tonight with a heart that is full. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com. Prescott